to Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, I want to talk about something. And I want to share with you how the Word of God has come alive in my heart and in my life and how it brought relief to my circumstances. I've been teaching from my book, Musings of the Spirit, for some weeks now, for some time now. And I felt it compelling to show you how the Scriptures, how the Word, the Bible, the same Bible that everyone else has disregarded, that people say is not relevant. I want to show you how it can become relevant to you as much as it happened to me. So if you have your Bible or you probably have the Bible app on your phone, you know we can do that too, right? Very few of us now walk around with a Bible today because we have electronic devices. And that's quite okay. It is just the same scriptures. It's the same Bible. The power of God is universal. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent everywhere that we are. So if you have your Bible, it's in the Old Testament. It's, you know, Genesis, all of that, right? And then you get to the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, behind Daniel, Hosea, Amos. You'll find the book of Habakkuk. H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K. Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 2 to 4. I want to talk today about the power of your dream. See, in my life, what I found was that dreams are powerful. Dreams propel you. And dreams are important because dreams keep you on the right track. You see, so many times in life, it doesn't happen the way that we want it to. We have a dream. We grew up, we wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, a politician. We wanted to do something. So that was a dream. And you cultivate the dream. You even go to school to pursue a line of study in line with the dream that you have. But then something else happens that comes along and derail you. Maybe you didn't even get to go to school. Maybe you had to change your major because of financial issues. Maybe, just maybe, you didn't even get to go to school at all. But you still have this dream. And what do you do with it? And how does the dream get you to where you want to be? And that's what I want to talk to you about. Because guess what? I found myself in the same circumstances. I found myself with this dream, with a dream that I had, that I had no way of fulfilling. I had no way of ever getting to accomplish. I'm talking about my dream of becoming an author and a speaker so that I can come to you today and tell you what was the power of a dream. So in my book, Musings of the Spirit, I talk about the scriptures. This is really designed to be a 30-day devotional. So every day, you choose a scripture, whatever one. You don't have to follow a table of contents. I didn't even put a table of contents in the book. It's just up to you as you wake up that morning and you're inspired by a thought or a dream you had the night before that propels you to reading the book. So you can go to my website, terriacamac.com, for more information on how to buy my books as well as you can find it simply by Googling me. Go find me on Google, go to Amazon.com and order a copy of Musings of the Spirit. You'll be a blessing to us here at Harriet Cameron Ministries. So in my life, I had a dream. It was April of 1997 and I had a dream that I would be an author and a speaker. At that time, I was running from abuse. There was nothing in my life that said that I could ever be the hope of that dream. I saw myself in dreams, speaking to large groups of people. I saw myself at book shows with my books, musings of the spirit, visions, through the fire, blind up. 
And I saw myself talking on television just like I'm talking to you now. Do you know what was happening at that time? At that time, my ex-husband was beating me up physically and emotionally. I lived in a little podunk subdivision in Central Florida on I-95 going east, as farther east in Florida as you could go. And I kid you not, there was nothing in my life that lined up with it. And I used to have these dreams at specific points, and that's what I wanted you to get today. At those specific points, here's what would happen. I could tell the level of abuse I would endure the next day based on the dream I had the night before. See, dreams are powerful and dreams are compelling. Dreams propel you to your destiny. So if I had a dream the night before that I was being interviewed on television, I knew the next day my ex-husband was going to beat me within an inch of my life. What I had to hold on to, I was alienated and isolated from everybody. But God delivered me out of it. And one of the delivering tools he did was he gave me dreams. Those dreams were powerful. They gave me hope. Do you see what I'm saying? They gave me hope and a drive to hold on. If I could just hold on one little bit longer, then I would know that I could survive. So I want to talk to you about that in the book of Habakkuk. I'm going to read it for you in your hearing. It says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that they, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Listen to this part. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. You see that part of it that says, though it tarries, wait for it? I needed that. Let me tell you how I needed it. My ex-husband delighted in robbing me of the companionship of people. It was a support system, so I couldn't have friends. My family were 1,500 miles away in Detroit, Michigan at the time. And I lived in Central Florida, so it was just me and my little daughter, right? So he delighted in that. It was those dreams that I had of seeing me that helped me to keep me sane. I don't want to start talking about it because I don't want to cry about it. But I want you to understand that you might be sitting right where you are right now. And you might say, but you know what, Harriet? I can identify with that because I have a dream too. And the dream I have, I don't have any means of accomplishing it. No, you got to understand, there I was, a simple housewife. I was nobody, nothing. It didn't look like I was going to be anybody. I was fulfilling the statistic because eventually I'd have to leave. And eventually I would become what? A single mother with a child. Isn't that the story? And what comes out of that, according to the society, nothing good could come out of that. But I want to show you how sticking to the dream and how the dream propels me. You know, the Bible says right there, it says, though it tarries, wait for it. How many times did I want to give up? I ended up packing up everything in a podunk U-Haul, driving to Detroit, Michigan on I-75, y'all. Coming to Detroit, moving to live in my mother's basement just so I could survive. I still had my dream. You can imagine how they laughed. Yes, they reviled me. They laughed at me. They made it sound like I was an idiot. I joined a large church and said, I'm called to be a speaker and an author. And I'm called to preach the gospel. They laughed at me. They made fun of my dream. But you see right behind me, my lampposts. You see what they are? 
You see how powerful dreams are? What you're seeing is the living embodiment of a dream. You can't give up. I tell folks this all the time. When you have a dream, own it. That's the first thing you must do. If you went to bed and you woke up the next morning with a dream that you're going to be this and that, you, your job is not to question how it's going to happen. Your job is to own it, accept it. That's the first thing you must do. That that is me. When I looked at my dreams, you know what I used to do? I used to tell myself, but this is how God sees me. That means this is the, how the end will be. Not the end of my life, but the end of it. So whatever adversity I was going through, whatever determinant and all kinds of deterrence that came against me, my job was to stay focused on the dream. So what you do, the next thing you do is what? You know what I'm going to say, right? Pick up a notebook and write the dream. The Bible starts in this scripture. Doesn't it say right there? It says, write the vision. You got to write it out, folks. You know, in, in one of my homes, I dreamed about the Harry Kamek Show. Down to Earth is a product that evolved out of the Harry Kamek Show. It was just a dream. There was no way of fulfilling it. But you know what? I had a dream. So by now I know that I have to write the vision. So I would write out the Harriet Kamek show and put it in every, on sticky notes in every room. I would just write it on tablets. You know what tablets are? This. That's your writing tablet. Your writing tablet is also what? Your writing tablet is also your iPad, your computer screen. That's your writing tablet. Your hand is your tablet. Write the dream out. Put it all around you. You know what it does? It keeps you focused. If you're a woman and you're watching this, take your lipstick. We still use lipsticks today, right? Take your lipstick and write it on your bathroom mirror. Write it on the mirror of your dressing table. It doesn't matter where you write it. Just write the vision out. Many times in my life what happened because I had written the dream and written the vision out, I used to take up, oh my God, are you hearing me right now? I would take up the book that I had written it in and I would read it back to myself. You know, when I first came to Detroit, I told you my story how I was an undocumented immigrant. I couldn't even get a job right? And so I had to remind myself, even in those days of adversity, here I am divorced with two children now, and I don't have any support. I have no financial support, no nothing. Nothing in my life looked like what the end that I was telling people, telling my family that I'm going to be an author and speaker. How? How? There was no money. I had no investments. Everything had evaporated with divorce. But I told myself I would pick up those journals and read them back to myself. This is what God says about me. I can't tell you enough that, you know, the Bible says the rocks will cry out if I don't praise the Lord, if I don't praise God. And I will not let any rocks or any immovable things stand there and not praise God for the deliverance that he has brought in my life. Just a few minutes ago before we came on air, uh, they were doing my makeup, right? And, you know, I'm not fussy or anything like that. I just wanted to look good, <laughs> right? You're at that stage where you just want to look good. And when they did my, my, all she did really, I had makeup on. All she did was just do my eyebrows. 
I put some lashes on. You know, a girl got to look good, right? Because you can't look like the stuff that you went through. Come on, ladies. Glam it up. Fix it up. Go to the gym. Do what you have to do to get yourself being the best version of yourself that's possible. And I, they took a picture of my face. And I looked at it. And I had to smile. You know what I was thinking? They wouldn't know this. But I was thinking, look how I look. I don't look anything like what I went through. I'm a living, walking epistle of how the Word of God has changed lives. I am the living, walking miracle of how powerful it is to have a dream. I am walking in the dream. The very sad thing that they told me I couldn't do, I ended up doing anyway. All I had to do was stay the course. I had to do my part. I had to believe. I had to do the work. I had to put in the work to clean myself up. Yes, I had to clean myself up. I had to get rid of negative thoughts. I had to forget the traumatic experiences. I had to go do the research. You know, I've told you my story that as a single parent, I was solely responsible for myself and my two daughters. Right. And in order to do that, I had to work. And sometimes I worked in environments where they didn't affirm my womanhood or they didn't affirm the fact that as a head of household, you know how that is. It's not just a tax status on your tax returns. For me, it was livable and real. I had to do the work. And many days I would get home and I had two children in two different school districts and I had to fight the traffic and then go back to work. And finally, when I got home in the evenings, I would start my second shift. My second shift was doing the research. You know what I used to do? I would pick up my journals that said that I would become an author and a speaker. I used to question myself and challenge myself. Well, how are you going to do that if you're not doing the work? I am busy working for others, pouring myself into building their empires and their kingdoms. And I live to see the very money that we were supposed to be part takers off for me they walked away without it they declared themselves bankrupt and walked away and wouldn't pay me my share of the money but i built your kingdom you know what i said to myself you can't catch me twice so i was not a fool i made sure the next time you better put that into writing and give me a contract but the other thing i told myself is what if i had not been working on my dream everything would now be decimated and i would have nothing when the economy crashed in 2008, 2009, I was so glad that I had already started because things never really got back to normal. This is why when you get the dream, you can't just sit there. You have to work it. There is a part of it that is yours. Many people say, well, I have a dream. The graveyard is filled with dreamers. You know, one of the best filled places in this world are graveyards. Did you know that? I'm sure you've heard that before. The graveyard is filled and rich with people who died without fulfilling their dreams. Don't let that be your case. Don't let that be your story. I told myself that there was no way I was going to let abuse have the power to define me, nor was I going to let abuse have the power to determine my outcome. That's what you need to do. The adversity that has come against you. Maybe it was just the pandemic that was your problem, but if you look at it, this was a matter of systemic issues that have been happening for a while that clearly disadvantaged most of the population to where well, you couldn't save enough through this pandemic. As a matter of fact, if you started out this pandemic with $100,000 saved, it was finished in less than six months. You had to pay out mortgage. You had to pay it out. You started panicking. You don't know what you're going to do. You had to sell your stocks and bonds just to survive. 
you see how it was not your fault in the first place. It's a systemic issue. So what I'm saying to you, my friends, is you can't let this define you. Don't let the adversity make you change your course, even at the point where it looks like everything is not going to happen. Don't let it bother you. Don't stop. You can't stop. Let me read you some, some, some notes from Musings of the Spirit. You want to hear some of the stuff that I went through. Check this out. It says that prior to 2002, I never really knew the scripture because though I grew up in a church, kind of, they didn't really preach like this. They didn't preach the sermons that were empowering. They didn't tell us how to. They just told us what the requirements were, the Ten Commandments, that you're just supposed to automatically know that know Jesus. But they didn't tell you how to. They didn't tell you that Jesus could become so real and that God could become so real that you're driving on the half freeway and you hit a ice melt and you just skid it and you say Jesus and the car turn around instead of you ending up under a, a trailer truck, right? So they don't tell you. They didn't tell you. The, and I'm not blaming anybody. I am just saying that there is a time and a season for everything. There's a time and a season. And here's something that you need to know about dreams. Remember, you get the dream, own it. The second thing you do is write the vision. The third thing you have to do is start doing the work of the dream. How do I do this? You have to remind yourself, put up these little notes all around the room that tell you how to. But the fourth thing you need to know is how am I going to do this? That's where the research comes in. And you owe it to yourself. Listen to me very carefully. You owe it to yourself to fulfill that dream. You're accountable to that dream. You have a dream to become a doctor. But here you are, you're 35 and sitting there wondering how you're going to do that. Well, when did you have that dream? 15? What did you do about it? You are accountable to it. Understand that when you've been given a dream, you now have a level of accountability. So many of us forget that. We don't even hold ourselves accountable to our own dreams. For years, I would conduct myself in such a manner because I told used to tell my family that there are some things I can't do like you. I can't go to the clubs like you. I can't run from one house and from one man to the other like you because there is a level of accountability that I had. In order for me to come and deliver to you I had to be accountable to the dream and to the process that it was going to take me out of. The process that I would have to undergo. I couldn't just come to you and look in your face knowing that my life was a lie. So I used to tell them they never understood that. But guess what? It was not for them. I finally had to come to the place that I can't expect to hold anybody accountable to the completion of my dream because it's not for them. The dream is for you. So you have to be accountable to your dream. So let me read you some stuff because you're not going to believe some of the stuff that came out of this. Right? I have been grappling. Listen to this. I've been grappling with my current reality. You know what your current... Isn't that what we're all facing right now? This pandemic that has robbed so many of us of loved ones. Robbed of us income. Robbed us of the ability to make it. We're grappling with our reality. You still have a dream, but the reality is ever in front of you. That was me all day, every day. Amen? Amen. That was me all day. I had my reality to deal with. My reality was that I was a single parent with two children. I had no financial support. I had no emotional support. That was my reality. I had to work for people so they would pay me so I could go fund the dream. That was my reality. But you know what? 
I couldn't let my reality define me. There is a place where the facts are. The facts are that we're in a coronavirus pandemic. That's a fact, isn't it? That's a fact. But am I going to sit here in this pandemic and allow it to define me? No, while you're sitting there. And you might say, well, Harriet, you know, I don't have the luxury of that. I don't even live anywhere right now. Still do not give up on your dream. I've been where you've been, right? I've been there. I've sat down and wondered where I'm going to sleep because I used to live with family at one point in my life. I had to live with family. You know how, that, how bad that is? You and your child had to move into your mother's house and you are surrounded by the worst family members ever who never stopped letting you forget that you said you had a big dream. Let me see your God perform your dream now. Where is your God? That's what they used to say. You know where my God is? The same place where he's always been, sitting in heaven. He never left. He had something to show and to prove. And he certainly showed up and proved it. Amen. I know that God will do the same for you. I know that God can and will deliver you. You're listening to me today. I am the product of a dream. I today who exists, I Harriet Kamek who exists today, I am the product of a dream. So I'm going to tell you some stuff that I want you to remember. Get this book, Musings of the Spirit. It's going to help you. I, for years, I had written this book and published it. I myself, you know how it is when you're a creative person, you don't usually go back and read your own work because the process of getting it out, you don't go back into it. And it was just a few weeks ago that the Holy Spirit touched me and said, go back and read it. And when I read it, I began to cry because I couldn't believe that I had so much faith in the midst of the adversity. You know... I'm just going to be real with you. My ex-husband pursued me to take my child away. He'd never paid a cent in child support. He never helped me emotionally to raise her. He used to call every Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. You know, I work all week long. Saturday morning was the one time I wanted to sleep in. He would call at 7 o'clock every Saturday morning in an effort to play a power game in an effort to disturb my peace. And I would lay there wondering why I had to go through this. How long, Lord, before you finally deliver me? My deliverance came when she turned 18. I said, you don't have to call my house anymore. In fact, don't ever call back. She's 18 now. Goodbye. But do you understand what I'm saying? You have to stick to the dream. People laughed at me and made fun of me. But who is laughing now? That's what you need to do. You can't give up. They're coming, there's coming a time, and I feel for you. I feel like somebody is watching right now. And there might just be a time that you say, Harriet, I hear all that you have to say about the power of a dream. But what I do now, what, what do I do? Where do I go? You start right here. You start by praying. The minute you get that dream, you pray. And you ask God to help you. Ask the God of heaven and earth to help you. But Harriet, how do I know my prayers will be answered? Watch for the manifestation. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you make decisions that will guide you. Is it going to be hunky-dory and everybody's just going to roll down to Disneyland and wave our arms and sing glory hallelujah by the river? No. There are going to be some days when you don't know whether you're going to eat or not. Ephesians 3.20 is the scripture that has helped me a lot. One day I needed $20 to buy gas to put in my car. I had no $20 and I had nobody to give me $20. I kid you not. 
I kid you not, not even my mother would have given me $20. I felt like giving up. I wanted to drive over a bridge and say to end it all because I couldn't believe that after all the stuff, after publishing books and after speaking to people and being a blessing to others, there was nobody who could bless me. And one little person showed up and gave me $20 to buy. You know what I remembered? Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly, according to the power that work in us. So I'm going to pray for you. I have a few seconds. Right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for you. The Lord, heal somebody right now. Strengthen them in their dream. Give them the conviction and the power to finish that dream and that project that you have given them. Bless them. Send helpers to them. In the mighty name of Jesus, it is so. In Jesus' mighty name. Just like God sent somebody. Would you be a blessing today? Ephesians 3.20. When I needed $20, God sent someone in the nick of time to save me. God came to my rescue and sent somebody. I'm praying for you today. This is Harriet Kemmel. Be blessed.